It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Live on a Monday morning. I was going to say Monday afternoon, but it's not Monday afternoon. It will be in an hour. Adam the Bull, Tyvis, Brad, Mike. That's it. You guys don't get last names. Sorry. Uh, Don't leave one. I don't either. If I'm not getting a last name, then you guys don't get a last name either. That's okay. A lot to get to today, guys. (laughs) I mean, we are loaded. First of all, uh, did you guys have a good weekend? Anybody have a good weekend? Oh, my. Anything goodness. exciting happened? Great weekend. We're going to talk about Tyvis' embarrassment. Oh, my goodness. Game. Brad, good weekend. Great weekend. All right, Excellent. Good. Mike? Went to Columbus, hung out with Tyvis for a yeah. little bit. First time in Columbus, not too shabby. All right, we're going to get to all that, but I got to read this tweet. Let's start off right off the bat. Uh, Josina Anderson, listen to me. We got big news on Deshaun Watson, I think, possibly. <laughs> we could ha- it could happen today. We could finally. There's the tweet. After telling me early last week a decision was not expected in the Deshaun Watson proceedings last week, but still saying never say never as a tiny caveat, a league source says this morning it's possible. Not saying anything else, that's all I got right now. Hashtag no guarantees. That's what is considered news these days, guys. I know, right? I, but here's my reckless speculation for you. Uh, the fact that some – obviously, Josine is very plugged in. The fact that she – that her source is saying it's possible this morning – I, this person's not BSing her, I don't think. I mean, she again, she's not talking to some lame source. This is somebody legit. I don't know if it's a player source or, or a league source. My guess is it's a league source. But I don't know, guys. This sounds to me like we could possibly get news today. Well, I'm hoping. Well, I, I've said all along, Bull, that yeah. you know, this is a scenario where if there's a leak coming out, which yeah. apparently there was because yeah. she's heard something, that there's a chance that obviously the Browns know the league knows what direction it is. So if there's some yeah. back channel action going on now, that could be going on now. But it's about to go down, right? We're mm. about to find out the browser on the clock. It's about oh, to yeah. go down. We're going to make <laughs> yeah. some decisions around here. Tyvis, we've been saying, well, you know, she's not on the football calendar. But to some degree, she is. I think she wants it. Everybody wants it to happen this week. I think yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the NFL doesn't want to be that person that, that ruins the Brown season. They want to be fair. So, yeah. like previous, in any cases previously, if something happens in the offseason, they typically get it done before training camp so the team can prepare. I don't think they want to do a Browns a disservice. So, I think they want to get it out. I personally think she got the decision made. She's just too busy writing her statement. I, I actually agree with Tyus. I'm convinced that Judge Robinson has the decision made. She knows yeah. what she's going to do. Now it's a matter of her putting it in writing in a meticulous fashion so the NFL can't rebuke whatever decision she comes out with. Yeah. And that's what's taking these extra couple of days, not her deciding whether or not to suspend Watson and or for how long he ends up missing. Well, so if you've ever seen these briefs are written by arbitrators at yeah. the end, they're pretty extensive. They're pretty right. long. And so uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that she's taking her time. Myself, I, I, I think it's like going to be a six- game suspension right right because I'm always 
baffled or not baffled, but uh, alluding to the fact that, you know, Roethlisberger got a number of games. I think right? that's the comp right And here. I think that's where this thing is going to settle somewhere around then. Yeah. And, I, and if that is the case, be clear. The Browns know what it's going to be or have yeah. a good hint to what it's going to be. Yeah, I think this. I think the Roethlisberger thing in the end, we were saying in the beginning, we were saying it wasn't really a, a good comp, but it is because ultimately it does seem like he is being judged based on four of these accusations, right? They, I don't think the whole 24 matters at this point. It matters to those women individually. But in, in terms of what the league is looking at, what she is looking at, she's only, we've heard, she's looking at four cases. Ben Roethlisberger had either two or three, I can't remember now. But remember, Ben Roethlisberger was accused of rape. Right. Uh, she, he's not been accused of rape. That's a huge difference. So even though it's a few more people, a rape charge is a lot more serious than what he's been accused of. So I, I do think that's a reasonable comp. But let me throw this thing at you guys, because I don't think we've hit on this angle of it. You know, Apparently, when she she had ruled on the Daniel Snyder situation, but it never got out there publicly what she said to do. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm a little concerned that she like I don't she's not putting I don't know that she's putting out her ruling. No, she, she may give her ruling to the NFL. I think Florio said that her ruling will be public, and I'll double check okay. that. But I do believe right, that I Florio that, had reported but... that whatever Robinson rules in her written response, we will see. That. We will be. Uh, privy to as the public. So okay. I believe we will get an exact word for word right. copy of mm. whatever she gives to the NFL and the Browns. Well, that, I'll double check that. I'll that is an important that. distinction because we did not have that in the Daniel Snyder case. Well, they weren't going to let that happen. Well, <laughs> they weren't going to let that happen. She obviously now, but here, Let me well. tell you something. With the player, they're going to let it happen. <laughs> they're going to let it happen with the player. Now, the owner, they're not going to let it happen. But the player, you can guarantee they're going to let it happen. Yeah, but the only thing I would say about that is the the oh yes the owners what if her suspension is not is really low or nothing zero to two maybe the league says we're not putting that out there because we're going to suspend him more well the, the, the player association be clear it's getting out there yeah right it is going to get out there they want it to be known right because if it ends up on their side they want it to be known what she said if it ends up on, on the browns benefit benefit side that the player association is going to let it be known as well that we they had no case this is why not, right? So it's getting out there now. Yeah. On, on the Snyder case or any owner, they don't. They don't want that out there. That's why Congress is trying to pressure them, guys. I, but I don't know, Bull. I think yeah. it, I, for some odd reason, I've been getting the hints lately that it's yeah. it's probably gonna be low, man. I think that's it might, what, it might I think be that's in that zero to right two, now. zero to four like range. There was a time where it felt that anything less than eight games would be absurd, yeah. and now I think it feels like. Anything more than eight games would be absurd, and I'd lean towards your take, Tyvis, yeah. that I'd be less surprised if it's zero to four than I would be four to, four to eight. Well, Tyvis, let me ask you a question. What do you think the public is willing to accept? Because you got two facets in the public. And, and that's the thing. See, the public has changed. The perspective has changed. When this first came out, it was put him under the jail cell. Right. He should never play again. Right. And now, as more, as he would say in all his statements, I'm just waiting on the facts to come out. As more facts is being discovered and as these stories is getting persuaded it's like for some odd reason it's like maybe he didn't do it what they all say he did because if he it's the it's the, the fact that he didn't get indicted on the two grand juries that was like the biggest thing like wow y'all couldn't even indict this right, man right. i think time sorry to cut you off but i i think the reality is what he probably what he pro what i think he did was probably inappropriate but not enough to get him suspended for too long right 
I, I think that's the reality of the situation. Now, I, I agree. Right? Like, agree he's, got the vo- he's got the volume working against him, right? Yeah. Well, he did, and though, Brad. It, it was 66 at one point when the New York Times article came out, and we were all looking around saying, holy crap, 66. Everybody reacts. That's unbelievable. Well, well, see, it's such well, a big number. It turns out they're looking at four cases. Yeah, when right. you say 66, that's because I said hello to you. I, like, <laughs> right. You don't know what that is, right? Uh, but what, what you do know is you have four cases mm-hmm. out here that, there is, that, that apparently are moving forward. Yep. And that in this case here, there'll probably be more details coming out here. Now, we all say this because people looking at it from the outside say this. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And so the league is caught between a rock and a hard place just for you even being in the situation. Yeah. Right? And so I think there are games coming behind that, right? Yeah. And the player association is sitting on the other side trying to make sure that, that his rights don't get trampled on because he has some too. Right. Yeah, sure. And you know what's, what's interesting is that, Brad, you bring up the, the, the fa- what's the reaction going to be? And I think in a lot of these cases in the past, um, I always felt like there was a political divide. And I don't want to go down the politics road, but I do think there was a political divide often when these cases would become public. It's like the liberals would just believe the women and the conservatives would, would stick by the, the guy. It was often the case. And I feel like in this particular case, um, it's more of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it divides. It seems like everything divides on political lines, but not this. I think, I think for whatever reason, it's a mixed bag. But uh, in the end, I don't. The public reaction shouldn't matter. All these suspensions in the past have been divided by, have been decided by emotion and pu- what the public reaction is going to be, what the public can take. And I don't think I, my guess is that Judge Robinson is not factoring any of that at all, and she shouldn't. Well, she should not be. Yeah. She should be at the fact where she's looking at the logistics and the legalities of this case, and saying moving it down in, in, in proper order. And I'm expecting in this ruling, she's going to lay out her roadmap to why I came to this decision. Be clear. I don't to tie this point. I don't think that this is going to go much, much further, yeah. right? Because everybody's at a disservice here. And if you don't think she's getting the heat, I don't care if she's going to the grocery store shopping. <laughs> Somebody like, what you doing here? Yeah, right. Because yeah. right? if football fans are, they come in all sizes, shapes and colors, yeah. right? And so if you pick up the bananas at the produce section, they're like, oh, when you coming with that answer? Right. Because <laughs> we're going to need that resolved. Yeah, and Mike, you know, the thing is, I've been saying for a while now that this idea that there's going to be this public backlash if he gets a small suspension, that the league's worried or the Browns are worried. Nobody's worried. Uh, Jason Lloyd in his column in The Athletic yesterday did a mailbag column. You should check out the whole column. It's really good. But there's one specific thing that I saw in there yesterday was that somebody had asked him a question, uh, you know, how how badly have Browns ticket sales been damaged by them acquiring Watson? And Jason Lloyd says, I've been told they've had more orders than they've had, more additional orders than they've had cancellations which is obvious because the reality is that most people only care about winning, only care about football. It doesn't mean they're con- they condone necessarily bad behavior, but you know, you're not hiring the guy. He's not in your family. You're going to people make excuses for the guys in their team, whether whether he did anything or not, even if he did. People make excuses for the guys in their team and and condemn other teams. We're all hypocrites when I come to come to our teams. And I, I, I believed all along this would not affect the fan base in any meaningful way, and it's, it seems pretty clear it's not. There's probably a fraction of the Browns fan base who finds Watson despicable, and, and yeah. that's their opinion. And, and more, fine. They're more entitled to their opinion. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But as you said, the reality of the situation is if you win, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if Watson wins playoff games, if Watson eventually wins a Super Bowl, they'll build a darn statue of him outside of 
first energy stadium, yeah. the new Brown Stadium, 100%. whatever. Because he delivered something to the city they haven't had since the 1960s. This is not a franchise with a rich playoff successful history. Yeah. And if Watson delivers something that they haven't had since right. really the 40s and the 50s, nothing else matters. Everything else is irrelevant at that point. When, when somebody says that they're not a Browns fan, like I'm not supporting the Browns anymore. So, for example, for, since a kid, you've been supporting this Browns team all right. your life. And now you just up and decide today that you're not going to support them anymore. So they go on a deep playoff run with Watson. You're not in the back of your mind and in yeah. your heart. You're going to sit there and say, no. I don't want them to win. No, 99% of those people, there will be a, a small, small percentage that will turn the team off forever. But it's minuscule. It's a non-factor. And, and again, those people have the right to feel however they want. But they also... Don't and you know I'm not going to tell them they're idiots for doing no, it or whatever, no. but also they have no right to call fans that want to keep rooting for their team, you know. And and if you're on that high horse about well I can't root for the team now with Deshaun Watson, well, um, Kareem Hunt we know what he did. You didn't stop rooting for the team then. Jimmy Haslam's business was raided by the FBI. You didn't uh, stop rooting for the team then. I could go on and on. They have a special teams coach that's made homophobic remarks. Uh, they had a defensive lineman whose name I can't remember now a couple of years ago who made anti-gay statements. So, like, wh where do you draw the line? All of a sudden, now you've drawn the line? I mean, I, I, I just don't buy that that uh, that now we now fans have to quit the team. That's well, what I, 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 and, I, and I'll say this to, to that bull. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to disparage anybody no. for, your, for, your, for your thoughts here. Right. But I will tell you this, and yeah. I said it from the beginning. There's only two people that know what happened. Yeah. Right. Him and them. And them. Yeah. Right? Yes. And if you read the various recounts of what's going on here, yeah. it's all over the map. Right? And if you don't think that the chance of doing something as far as prosecuting him down in Texas yeah. wasn't on the table and right. they couldn't bring those charges. Right. So now that becomes even more cloudy. So what yeah. did happen? And only two people are going to know what really happened here. Yeah. And so... You can stake your position, but I don't know where it's going to go, but I think that it's going to be split like this forever. It is. We'll get back to this conversation. Uh, Tim Couch is with us. Anthony, what's going on? Bring in Tim. Hey, guys. Here. We're going to bring on Tim Couch here. Yeah. Whenever we bring on somebody with the Gridiron Guys hotline, we have to do our little ad read. So, looking for a local roofer you can trust? Family owned since 2003. The Gridiron Guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofer. We exemplify quality work practices, are a valued resource for homeowners, and offer 10-year workmanship warranty. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. Grid, 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 gridiron, guys. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
We gotta get that logo up there, right? Yeah, and Anthony, it's tough to read yeah, and do uh, it. I had to do it myself the other no, day. No, 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 we're not. Yeah, we're not here, here. It, no, it's, here, it's tough. Here, so we're, we're down. <laughs> we're down a few folk today, but here, yeah. we're not gonna cheat the people. That's right. We're going back to bull for the for the jingle. Experienced, educated, ethical. Let's go, grid. Iron give, guys. Can I get the jingle again, bull? Grid, 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 grid iron guys. <laughs> there we go. Let's bring in a grid iron guy. Here is Tim Couch. Former Browns quarterback, Tim, how are you? Good to see you this morning. I'm doing great. Good to see you guys as well. Yes, so we were talking about Deshaun Watson, and uh, ultimately, Tim, I I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if you heard, but ticket sales are actually up. There's been a lot more people wanting to buy season tickets than actually canceling. Whenever there's an incident like this, there's there's a PR backlash, certainly. But ultimately, the reality is, and, we, and again, we don't know exactly what happened here. None of us do, except for Watson and the women. The reality is fans just want to win. And they'll, even if they hold their nose and do it, they're not going away from the team, no matter who they bring in, I think, as long as the guy can help them win. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, you know, I think that's the situation. You know, it's been a struggle for so long, um, you know, especially, you know, over the last, you know, 15 years or so with the, you know, the quarterback situation. There's been so many guys rotating in and out of that position that, you know, they finally feel like they've got a guy who can be, you know, the a, a stable piece in that franchise for years to come and one of the top players in the league when he's healthy and out on the field. But, uh, you know, they just want to see him out there. And, uh, you know, if he whatever punishment is handed down once he serves his punishment, just get him back out on the field and, and uh, you know, let him do what he does and, and bring that excitement to the Browns franchise and elevate that offense to the level where everyone thinks he can take it to. So people just want to yeah. win and, and want to see Deshaun out there and play him. And, and I think the reality, Tim, is that from a PR standpoint, unless something new pops up, the Browns have been through the worst of it already, right? They, 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 if there's nothing yeah. new, they've already taken the hit. So I, I don't think they're really worried about it at this point. Yeah, probably not. Not at this point. You know, like you said, they've already been through the worst of it. You know, I don't think, um, you know, it's, it is what it is at this point. Everyone kind of knows what happened. And, uh, you know, it's just, just sit back and wait. And uh, hopefully, you know, they announce what the punishment is going to be soon, you know, before training camp starts, I think would be ideal for the Browns and, you know, so they could plan accordingly. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here soon and, and just got to go from there. And guys got to adjust and be ready to step up and, and fill in until he's able to come back. Tim, I got a question that everybody in Cleveland wants to know. Like, as a, as a Browns fan all my life and watching you as a kid, I got to ask you this question. It's been on my mind. You know the, the, the jersey where they have all the former quarterbacks, like all the ones that like right. it doesn't work? Okay, yes. <laughs> Does it yeah, bother yeah. you that you that you're on that list as like the is it like your jersey? Does that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, I think it's kind of funny, actually. You know, you because you know you see my jersey name crossed out, then you see about twenty five other names crossed out. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't bother. Uh, I, I think it's kind of funny. You know, what are you gonna do? It's just. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's just kind of been. You know, it's an unbelievable. You know, bad luck of. You know, I think there's been some really talented quarterbacks come through there. It's just yeah. been, you know, they've been in bad situations. They've had injuries. It's just not been able to work out there for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So you might as well just laugh at it. Do you do you think Deshaun Watson ends that that list? 
I think so, man. I think, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, that's been the only question mark with Deshaun. You know, I mean, if he's, you know, obviously other than the off the field stuff, but, you know, when he's on the field, if he can stay healthy, he's he's an elite football player. And, you know, they've got a great, uh, they've got great pieces around him. They've got one of the best offensive lines in football, probably the best one-two punch at running back in pro football. They just need to upgrade the wide receiver position over the next few years. And if they do that and Deshaun stays healthy, man, I think he's going to be there and be a great player for a long time. What's up, Tim? I'm on this side of the, uh, the glass today in front, of the, in front of the camera instead of behind. But I do have a, a question for you. Watson reported to camp with the other quarterbacks and rookies over the weekend. If you were in his shoes and you were at camp with all the suspension, you know, anticipation weighing on your head, how would you handle kind of the balance of taking this full on, learning the playbook, getting your reps in, but also knowing that at any minute it could all be kind of pulled away from you? Yeah, it's a tough balance. There's no question about it because you know you're going to be suspended. It's just for how long. But, you know, at the same time, you got to get mentally and physically ready to play football when your when your suspension is over. So you can't just sit back and let the other guys take all the reps. You have to get, you know, it has to be a good mix in there where you where you can feel comfortable that you're, you know, you've, you've had some repetitions in this offense. You know, he's trying to learn a new system, you know, just getting the new terminology. You know, you want to get in the huddle, call these plays in live action. You know, with a play clock running down and, you know, if you can spit these plays out, get up to the line, get through some audibles if necessary, things like that, that you want to get familiar with with the offense. You don't want to just be thrown right into the, you know, game situation without having that type of practice time. But, you know, at the same time, we know he's going to be suspended. So you also want to give Jacoby and, and the other quarterbacks the work that they're going to need to get prepared as well. So it is a balancing act. And, uh, you know, it's tough on the coaching staff to figure out. How many reps we give this guy? How many reps we give that guy? So it's uh, it's it's kind of a touch and go situation right now. Like I was saying, you know, hopefully they will announce the you know what the suspension is going to be sooner than later, so these guys can figure out you know the reps and and you know when when Deshaun's going to be able to play. Tim, I got a question for you because and I was just thinking about it as you were just talking here, right? So we all think we know that there is a suspension coming, right? We very understand what kind of games we all anticipated to be. Well, guess what? Maybe Deshaun don't think he's going to get suspended, right? <laughs> right. Well, well, hold on, I want to take you a little step further because I play the, I pay, I pay the Players Association a fee, right, to represent my interests, right? And if I don't think right. I did a thing wrong, you can send me five games. I'm like, no, nah, we're not going for five games. We're going to fight this thing yep. all the way. This thing could get real messy. So as this, and I'm just thinking about it as you were talking. Somebody has to get to Deshaun Watson and start to convince him that it may be in everybody's <laughs> best interest to take these games. Right. Yeah. Right? Because this could go sideways. I'm just thinking about that. When you say that, what do you think about that? Because you play the players Man, association to have your affairs. <laughs> yeah. I got a percentage of my chance. That's, that's a great point. You know, I, I think that is a great point. You know, if Deshaun feels he's completely innocent in this situation, maybe he does fight this thing and it does go sideways. But, you know, hopefully – you know, it's you know, it's just been a, a, a PR nightmare for for him and the Browns right now. So hopefully whenever the suspension is handed down, hopefully he can accept it. And it's not, you know, more than he was expecting or anything like that. So they can just get it, get it over with, get it behind them and get ever get on with football. And this guy can get back out on the field and hopefully move on with his life and, um, you know, get himself, you know, better, you know, be better off the field. And, you know, I'm sure he's, um, you know, he's getting all the, you know, the counseling, the therapy that he needs to deal with this stuff mentally. You know, I mean, I'm sure it takes a massive toll on you when your name's getting slandered in the media every day. And just, you know, you, you it's such a, you know, large fall from where he was, you know, the way he coming, 
came into the league out of Clemson with everyone thinking he's going to be such a great player, and he was, to having to go through this stuff off the field. So that's a big, t uh, big thing to handle mentally. So hopefully he's getting the help for that, and um, you know, he can get back out on the field and be the player we all know he can be. Tim, last week the uh, Browns signed Josh Rosen in the mix at quarterback. Mm -hmm. We know that Watson, you know, assuming he gets suspended, Jacoby Brissett's going to start. Rosen probably competing with Josh Dobbs for the backup spot and then eventually the third spot. Josh Rosen is wearing number 19. Uh, no quarterback has worn 19 in Cleveland since Bernie Kosar. Do you have uh, – is that disrespectful to Bernie? I mean, by like – I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. You can't retire that many numbers in the NFL because there's just so many numbers you have. I mean, what do you think about another quarterback wearing 19 since Bernie? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily like it in this situation. You know, I think if that's going to be the case, if a quarterback is going to wear that number, I think it it's going to be. It should be. You know, a special player, a guy you're going to build your entire franchise around. With Bernie saying. I believe in this guy. I think he's our future. I give him the blessing to wear my number. One of those type of situations. I don't think you want to give it to a guy who's going to be probably your number three quarterback, maybe your number two if he if he's lucky. So, you know, I think it shouldn't be in this situation. I think it should be, you know, like I said, where a guy is going to be, you know, a great player and, you know, go to Pro Bowls and hopefully lead a team to a Super Bowl. That's the guy you want wearing that jersey. It's such a legendary, special number in the franchise. And, I know I stayed as far away as I could from that number. I went number two, so yeah. I was way down the list, away from 19. So I, yeah. I didn't want any part of that number. Yeah, I wish he wouldn't wear it, but, yeah. you know, this. What was your relationship like with Bernie, Tim? Fantastic. Um, you know, Bernie and I, um, we've gotten closer over the years. Um, you know, for some reason, you know, when I got to Cleveland, Bernie and I were really communicating and talking quite a bit in the franchise kind of tried to keep us away from each other in a sense. And I'm not sure, you know, re real sure why, you know, Bernie, you know, was, you know, wanted to help me get acclimated to Cleveland and also, you know, just dealing with, you know, coming in as a high draft pick and dealing with the pressures and, you know, also some football stuff, you know, we would talk about. So we, we talked, you know, a little bit uh, my rookie year and stuff like that. And he would come around practices and, you know, some games and stuff, but, you know, they really didn't let us get super close for whatever reason. Uh, you know, and then uh, afterwards, you know, when I started doing the broadcasting, I was doing the preseason games with Jay Crawford and Bernie was working with us as well. So Bernie and I got a chance to kind of reconnect and get closer. And, uh, you know, we talk quite a bit now. So we're, we're, we're much closer now than we were when I was playing. And I, and I say this, Tim, I, so I don't I, I agree with you that front office should have cut that Jersey conversation off a long time ago. When they said, you're grabbing night. No, no, you cannot have 19. We give you seven. You can take seven, right? Yeah, 19 seven, yeah. reserve for somebody. Well, come on, I'd be like, come on, kid. Right. <laughs> we cannot. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I, but I would say this though, uh, as it relates to the the front office, and it's funny because when you go to different sports, front offices are funny. They try to separate you sometime from 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 what they think a reality is. I think you and Bernie together would have been a he'd been a great mentor towards you as understanding what to expect here, mm -hmm. what he sees here. And it's a benefit to you. Right. So why somebody would not want to do that? It's just like when we, a young player moves to town, and they say, "Well, you move 50 miles outside of town. Don't you come around on these people over here, right?" And because so, they think that's in the right. best interest of the club, but it's not. You have to learn from other people's experience. And I think that when you have an asset of people like you, Bernie, people who have been through the rigors, that's a valuable mm -hmm. asset to be used. We have to deploy that. And I, I don't think all the times the Browns, the Indians, and the, the Guardians, the Cavaliers, I don't think we exercise that to the fullest capability all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, probably not. You know, I think it would have been a great situation. And, you know, I never did really understand why they kind of kept us apart. Maybe they thought Bernie was going to, you know, try to get in my my head and change my thoughts about, you know, other than tell, tell me something different than what the coaches were trying to teach me about how to do certain things or whatever. I'm not sure what they thought was going to happen. But, uh, you know, I know Bernie and I just, uh, you know, we would still talk from time to time. But, you know, I really kind of wanted him to, you know, be that mentor because, you know, Bernie's game was, you know, he was he was so great at the mental aspect of playing quarterback, processing information, going to the right place with the football, taking care of the ball, not turning it over. Uh, you know, he, he was great at reading defenses and reading coverages and checking out of plays at the line of scrimmage and calling his own plays. And, you know, he was he was far ahead of his time as far as that goes. And he, he was a he was a great mind at the quarterback position. And I certainly could have benefited from uh, from having a better relationship with him when I was there. Tim, you mentioned the relationship with Bernie. Did any quarterbacks after you come back to you and try to formulate that same relationship that you had with Bernie? Anyone come to you as a, a mentor figure? Uh, not really a mentor figure. You know, I talked to, you know, several of the guys just, you know, on a, you know, just a, you know, couple texts here and there kind of thing. Or when I would, when I was in town, you know, kind of talk to the guys. Baker and I talked several times, uh, but not really a mentor thing, you know, just almost just kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, the pressures of playing in Cleveland and, you know, what to expect and how great of a football town it is and how passionate the fans are. And, you know, just kind of getting them prepared for, you know, that that type of situation, not really getting into the X's and O's of, you know, playing the game and how I how I would, you know, prepare myself to get ready for a game. None of, none of those kind of things. It's more just kind of, you know, just off the field stuff and dealing with media and dealing with, you know, the pressures of, uh, you know, just being an NFL quarterback kind of stuff. If you could choose any receiver throughout NFL history that you could have played with, Tim, Who's the guy you are throwing to? Who's your number one choice in a hypothetical receiver draft? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably go with Randy Moss. Mm. You know, just um, just the size and the speed and just uh, just a complete game changer, man. Just to have a have a guy like that on the outside, he, he really dictates the coverage, you know, because it makes it so much easier for a quarterback to recover just because they double-team him so much. And it's simple. If they don't double-team him, you just throw him the ball because he's going to win a one-on-one <laughs> -on -one situation. So it, it makes the reads pretty easy, man. You know, you look out there, if there's – if the safety's rolled over to his side and you double cover, they can't cover everybody on the other side. So uh, he simplified the game for the quarterback, I think, that he was playing with. But um, he, he would have been fun, man. And he, he also had that ability to just go up. You know, if, even if he was double covered, you see so many times they would just throw it up for grabs 50 yards down the field, and he would go up over top guys and, and, and catch the football. So that, that would have been fun to play with a guy like that. It's funny that you say that because I asked the exact same question at Tyvis before the show, and he said Corey Coleman. It shocked me. <laughs> I, I was just baffled. I also wore 19 for the Browns. I mean, you wore 19 for the Browns. He's like, Corey Coleman's the man. I don't Listen, know. If he had a better quarterback, he would have put a few all out. I just want Tim to know yeah. that if you had Randy Moss and I was at corner, It'd be a long day for Randy. Yeah. I'm gonna let y'all know something. Yeah. Randy ain't gonna do me yeah. like he been doing everyone. Okay. It'd be a long day for Randy. Put it on Randy. Put it on Twitter. America. Put that on Twitter. Put that on Twitter and see if Randy respond to that. All right. I can get. Listen, I can get him. I can get him now. Yeah, now I can get him now. Forty-five. Tim, let me ask you a question. You made a statement about wide receivers here, right? Because I feel like. It's going to be a breakout season for Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper, what he was doing in Alabama was great, right? I don't think he's lived up to entirely that here in the NFL. But if I got to pair him with somebody, because I still think we are a suspect on the other side of this at the other wide outside. Mm -hmm. Who do you see out there, right? Battered, bruised, whoever, right, that could help us. On the other side, because I, uh, you know, I can turn over to a rookie all day, but I like give me a veteran, somebody that's been through the rigors here a little bit. I'll throw you some names. 
Tim, like Julio Jones is still out there. T.Y. Hilton, right. Will Fuller, who played with Watson, obviously is a little younger. Yeah. I mean, you think any of these guys could still – you think Julio or, or T.Y. Have, have anything left in the tank? You know, I think they probably have something. You know, Julio was in, you know, Tennessee a year ago and didn't look like the old Julio Jones, so you, you got to question how much he has left in the tank. Um, you know, T.Y. is a guy that's been extremely successful. You'd think he would be good in an offense like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, those, those guys. But, you know, Will Fuller would probably, you know, if I had to pick out of those guys, I would probably take Will Fuller for the simple yeah. fact that he's been with Deshaun and they had so much success in, in Houston. But he's just one of those guys that can't stay out on the field, man. When he's on the field, he's dynamic and he makes huge plays down the field. He's explosive, but he's always hurt, you know, I and mean, it's just uh, that's been a frustrating thing uh, for him throughout his career. But he, he would be obviously fantastic in this offense and pairing him with Deshaun. I got one for you. You know, when Odell was here, because he's a free agent as well. You know, when Odell was here, Kevin Stefanski came out and said that I got to find a way to get him the ball. Do you think it was the play calling or you think that him that the shoulder injury of Baker was not allowing him to get the ball? Which one do you think it was? I think it was probably more Baker's injuries not getting him the ball because, you know, I think there are a lot of times where, you know, we, we've seen all the videos that um, I guess it was Odell's dad posted or whatever yeah. uh, Odell not getting the ball when he was open. Uh, so, you know, Odell, you know, he proved he still got some juice left when he goes to the Rams and, you know, wins the Super Bowl and was a huge part of that offense. So he, he can still get open. He can still make plays. And I think they were calling plays to get him the ball. It's just when you're hurt as a quarterback, you, mean, you know, then you're tr you, you almost feel like you got to when you got a guy like Odell, you almost got to feel like you're trying to force it to him sometimes because he's so good. Uh, run after the catch that you just want to put the ball in his hands as many times as he can and you just kind of force it to him a little bit and then you know Baker made some errant throws when trying to get it to him as well when he missed some deep balls to him uh, so it just never clicked with those two for whatever reason they never got on the same page and it never became the you know the type of uh, connection that we all thought it would develop into and I think Baker's injuries probably were the were the biggest reason for it well Tim good point here so who's uh, that when you see that the, your quarterback is injured well, whose responsibility is it to pull who? Is it Baker's responsibility to pull himself? Or is it Stefanski's job to pull him, right? When you see things are not. I think it's. Yeah. Going the way it's supposed I, I to go. think it would probably be. Exactly. Yeah. I think it'd probably be more Stefanski's job seeing, okay, he's not making the throws that he used to make, and, or the ball's not as accurate. It doesn't have as much velocity because as a player. You know, especially, you know, a guy like Baker, who's extremely competitive and, you know, he just had a great season the year before. You don't want to you don't want to come out of the lineup. You don't want to give somebody else the opportunity to, to run your offense. And and you, you want to stay in there and you feel like if you're 70 percent or whatever, 50 percent, you're still the best option for the team. But, you know, that may not be the case. You know, when you're out there and you're missing throws and, you know, your shoulders, you know, messed up and you're, you're inaccurate, the ball's selling on you, you're throwing it over guys heads that are wide open. You kind of got to, you know, the coach has to say, okay, this isn't the guy that we saw last year, the guy that was leading us to the playoffs, the guy that was accurate with the football, making good decisions. And, you know, this is this is a different player, and we have to believe it's because of his injury. So I, I would lean more towards just the coach that needs to see that and evaluate that and take him out because uh, as a competitor, as, as a quarterback, you're not going to you, know, you don't want to go to the sideline and watch another guy run your run your team. So uh, I'd probably lean more towards the coach so, on it. So how, so how many games was Stefanski supposed to give him before he was to pull the cord on that? How many games was he supposed to get? Yeah. 
You know, that's, that's a good question. I, I would say, you know, just, a, you know, a couple, you know, you see, you're evaluating more in practice, in my opinion. You know, yeah. you see what he can do in practice. You challenge him in practice to make these throws, make these throws on the run, get him out of the pocket, see if he can actually turn that shoulder and, and drive the football down the field, force him to throw those deep balls in practice and, and see if he can actually do it. And, you know, if you, you, if you don't see it in practice, you're not going to see it on Sunday on the field either. So I, I don't. I don't know, you know, I, I think, you know, they love the, the the fact that Baker was willing to tough it out for the team and he wanted to be out there and he was trying to fight through it. But at the same time, you know, if the production and the talent goes down, you got to, you know, you got to evaluate that and say he's just he's just not healthy enough to be out there to help us. He's 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 kind of hurting the offense more than he is helping, even though we love the fact that he, he's fighting and competing and, and wants to be out there, even though he's he's injured and, and not feeling his best. Tim, I think you're more qualified to answer this question than any other guests we have on the show. Anthony, can you pull up the Amari Cooper tag board? Yeah, coming there. up right now. All right, Tim, so look at this stat real quick. Wide receivers with 7,000 reception yards and 500 receptions before their age 28 season. Randy Moss, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Larry Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald Antonio Brown, and Amari Cooper. Wouldn't have guessed Cooper was on You look list, at that yeah. list, and those numbers indicate Cooper being a bona fide, legitimate number one superstar receiver, but the reality is I don't think any of us think he is that true bona fide number one. So my question to you, Tim, is, what separates a really, really good receiver from a game-breaker, game-changer guy like the other five guys on that list? You know, I think when I look at that list, you know, most of those guys are just, you know, guys that, you know, have outstanding speed. They're, they can they can hit the big one at any time. Amari, to me, is more of a guy who's great with his routes. He's going to be great with the underneath stuff, almost more of a possession type of guy. Um, you know, you look at a Randy Moss and, you know, Fitz, or, uh, Mike Evans, those guys really are making those plays down the field. Antonio Brown, they're explosive, you know, with the football. So, you know, I just I just kind of see Amari as a as a great player. No question. He's been super productive uh, since he's been in the league, but I don't see him as that, uh, you know, game breaking type wide receiver. He's more of a guy that you can rely on to be exactly where he's supposed to be precise with his routes, uh, getting in and out of breaks, understanding zone coverages, where to sit down, finding holes in the zone. Uh, those kind of things, um, but you know, I, I just don't see him as that uh, that, that game breaker that you want as a as a you know explosive you know true number one. Tim, Pro Football Focus came out with their top 50 NFL players, and the Browns have three guys on the list: Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, and Joel Batonio. I think you might be able to make an argument for Watson, although because he didn't play last year, maybe that's why he's not there. <laughs> Certainly, Denzel Ward and even Wyatt Teller are guys that that could potentially be somewhere close to that list. The fact that the Browns have three guys on there and maybe another three that could be by next year, uh, there's probably not a lot of teams in that category. That's pretty good to have that kind of superstar power. Yeah, it is. You know, I, w I would think that's probably probably up at the top of the list in the AFC, if not right at the top. It has to be probably top five for most guys on that okay. list. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty impressive. And like you said, Denzel Ward is probably deserving to be on that list. Wyatt Teller's had – you know, a great run here the last few years, um, you know, so, you know, with Deshaun, if Deshaun gets back out on the field and he shows he's the Deshaun Watson of old, then certainly he's going to jump up on that list uh, next season. So it's, 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 um, it's a great roster, man. I mean, you, you can't look at that roster and say it's not one of the most talented in all of pro football. And, you know, they just got to go out and put it together. They got to get all their guys healthy, get them out on the field and, and start gelling within this system and get this offense, you know, back up to where it was the year they made the playoffs and hopefully even even running better, you know, and Deshaun can, you know, take it to a new level. But, uh, you know, I mean, they got some unbelievably talented players at, at key positions and, you know, it's good. it should be a fun season to watch these guys. Tim, in your prime, are you throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns on this offense? 
I sure would like to try. I know that. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like a lot of fun. You know, I, I would be more happy to play just to have that running game and that support with, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Just to, that takes so much pressure off the quarterback. You know, we really didn't have that great running game when I was in Cleveland. Um, you know, we had Will, William Green came in uh, my last few years and did a nice job for us. But these this Chubb and, and Hunt are just, just phenomenal football players paired with that great offensive line as well. So you get so many opportunities to throw one-on-one against one-on-one coverages when you have these guys, these safeties are coming down in the box to stop the run. And it just it makes your reads a lot easier. You know, you get, you get a lot more shots down the field off of play action. Play action is much more effective. Uh, you get an opportunity to take uh, the one-on-one shots on the outside. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it'd be a lot of fun to play in that system with that offensive line, those running backs. And I love Stefanski's system and how aggressive they they are at times, and uh, you know, pushing the ball down the field. So it'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun to play in that system. Tim, last thing, the you know, I know Watson's already here, but when it was a day or two before you would go to camp, what were those last couple of days at home like? You know, nerves. What's what's going on in your head those last couple of days before you go to camp? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, there, there's certainly some nerves involved. You know, you just, you're that kind of anxious feeling you want to get going. Um, you, you, you're excited for the season. Uh, you know, also, you're just trying to spend, you know, the last few days, you know, with your family, because once the season kicks in, you know, your, your mind just kind of goes into into pure football mode, you know, every day and you're, you're on the grind for the next, you know, several months. So, uh, you know, just spending time with the family, but also just kind of that nervous energy building up. You, you want to you, you want to make sure you're prepared with what you've been doing all off season with your with your training and, you know, working out with a with a quarterback coach, whatever, whatever it is that you were doing that off season, You just can't wait to get out on the field and and see the improvement from, you know, the, for the pre, uh, previous season. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, I, I would say it's all though. It's a lot of emotions uh, coming into camp. There's also that, you know, it's camp, man. It's not fun, you know, especially right. back then, you know, the two a days we were doing were, you know, not that I was out there hitting or anything, but, you know, you got there for two practices, a couple hours a day. I mean, your arm is dead by, you know, the first week of practice, you know, the DBs and wide receivers they're 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 hurting, man. They've been out there running in the, in the heat for, for a couple of days. Uh, two practices a day. So it was a grind back then. Uh, so, there's, so there's always that kind of, you know, you dread training camp a little bit, but you also really look forward to it because you know it's, it's football season again. Tim, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tim. All Thanks, right. Tim. Appreciate it, guys. Tim Thanks Couch. for having me. There he goes. We'll, we're going to get to the, what the internet's saying in just a minute. Before, I just want to follow up on Tim and get you guys obviously you went to training camp. He gave, obviously you he gave me a flash. I got man. a different take. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I got a different take. How was that like for you? The days, like, when you knew you were about to start camp, or, or in your case, whatever they call it for basketball. It's camp. camp. It's camp. Right? camp. We uh, played. What was that like, huh? For me, whoo, man. I was so I, I was undrafted. So every right. year when I came in, job. I had to fight. Yeah. yeah, it was a grind. So I had to go out there in my mind. It was like I have to be better than the next person because they're going to cut whoever's last they you getting cut. 
They're bringing in like 10 DBs. Yeah. You think, okay, you break it down every year. They keep four safeties, six corners. I got to be in that top 10. Are Whatever. you looking at the depth chart saying, I'm absolutely, better than him? Absolutely. Than be 1,000%. Right. You're looking yeah. at the depth chart. You go in there, and like Tim's saying, you all offseason, I'm putting in that work. They say that the most important time is those last six to seven weeks before camp starts. Yeah. That's when you really want to get your body right. Make sure you're hitting the weights because that's what is going to withstand right. training camp and everything. So I was out there drilling twice a day, lifting. Yeah. Man, I, boy, I put a lot into this. I imagine. I mean, that's nerve-wracking. It's your whole life on the line. I get it. When you, um, what's that like in the DB room in training camp? Like. You, you are looking at these guys. You're fighting for a job. They're looking at you. They're fighting. Like, are you, are you helping them? Are you, yeah, well, you know, like, how do you balance that? Because it's your career on the line. Yeah, but so, you also want to be a good teammate. So, the thing about it is, is like, everybody, you want to be the best. Everybody wants to be the best. And you're going to yeah. look out for each other because you never know what's going to happen over a course of a season. Right. So, if you do make the team, you want to make sure that that next guy is ready to go. And I learned this in Seattle. Where everybody took care of everybody. Like right. if somebody, if you ran a fade route in practice and you look like you was dead, don't worry about it. I got you on this play, but you can come get me in too. Like that was the type of thing to keep everybody fresh. You putting out the best footage. Yeah, it wasn't no, it was no negative energy inside. Like right. what it does is if you see a corner or a safety make a play, what it does is it turn you up. It's like right, okay, right. now nah, I got to get out there and right. make me one. Pushes so you it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. raises the level of competition because yeah. you're competing. We're all competitors. Yeah. Like me and Brad was talking about off uh, scene earlier today. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right. So that's like right. for me, Sebastian. You were in a different. Let's, I just want to set the stage because you were in a different position. He yeah. was undrafted. You were a high draft pick. Yeah. You did must, it, be, nice. You, must you, be nice. You were <laughs> must be nice. Been, in, in, in theory, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you weren't fighting for it. You knew you were going to be on the team. You, but you didn't know how many minutes you were going to get as oh, a rookie. Well, well, here, let me set yeah. the stage here so you're clear. So yeah. I was a top 10 draft choice. Right? Woo! So I'm ready to roll. Go yeah. But I roll sure. into a, one of the most vicious cities in America. No doubt. So, because so, in Chicago, they play sports a, a totally different way. So when, I, when you sit here, I rolled into a place, to a, a city that was looking to draft another guy by the name of Johnny Dawkins, who was at Duke. Remember him? They wanted him like nobody's business. Yeah. Till they called my name out the out the out the hamper. <laughs> I got off the plane and they were on me from day one, right? From day one. So I, that's a different scenario. So then I had to go in here. I got to prove that I'm supposed to be here. Right. So I'm coming in already amped up. I like. <laughs> so it's a different thing. You think of the top ten? You're like, it's great. Is right. it? <laughs> like maybe you know, Columbus is great. Yeah. I got to work here. So then my second year going yeah. into camp, my second camp, where the Bulls draft. Another small forward. Right, 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 <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh, it was they draft Scotty Pippen. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know this kid from Adam, but he come to he come to eat. I'm sure. So I got to work hard. I said, right. I got to keep this kid behind me. Got to keep this kid behind me. Yeah. And so it's a different scenario. So you have to make sure mentally you're ready to go. Yeah. Secondly, you have to understand where you are in the context. Fortunately for me, I was on a, ended up being in a great situation with a great bunch of teammates. Yeah. That carried me along, but. But it was different when you went to Seattle, right? You so had a different mindset. When I went to Seattle, I was yeah. in, I was I had just been freed. I was on my way. I thought I was, I, 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 thought I was about to bust loose here. I yeah. thought they would hold me back in Chicago. Yeah. Right. Only to get there with a great bunch of guys: David Miller, Xavier McDaniel, Dale yeah. Ellis, Derek McKee, yeah. Michael. K we had a great team. The problem was, guess what? Mm. The situation I left in Chicago was much better suited for my skill set right. in Chicago than it was in Seattle. Mm. So now I'm fighting to survive. 
So it's a different scenario. Yeah. And then I was just getting married too. I just got married going out to that camp. So I, I'll be honest with you, I just wasn't ready to go. Yeah. I wasn't ready, ready to no, go. I right? Did you get bad advice ready. from people around you when you wanted to go to get out of Chicago, or was it or was it all you? No, Michael Jordan tried to talk me out of it. I yeah. was like, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan tried to talk Michael me Jordan, out of it. Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Michael Jordan, you know what you're talking about. You know what you're talking about, you know? I was like, you understand, you understand this thing. My time to shine. I'm the, I'm the one. Hold me down. I'm the one. I'm about to be in your shadows. I'm the real Michael for Mike, the NBA. Mike was like this. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> Like, I'm quite serious. <laughs> Does he hit you with, I told you so later? Yeah, well, yeah, after he won the first ring, he was yeah. like this. Look, this, see, this could have been yours. <laughs> I'm holding oh, it in my house for you. Oh, <laughs> man. That's tough, Brad. Like, tough work, Mike, how was Division Three basketball training camp? It, very I like, by, the, by the way, when I said training camp and I'm looking at Brad, I'm like, what, what's it called for basketball? Mike's like, it's training it's camp. Like, like, he did the same thing. Yeah, he did. Division three basketball in the, the NBA. What's the difference? It's at a different scale. Very different yeah. level, but I was recruited by a different coach than when I got there. So okay. when I got there, it was, I played for Jim O'Brien, who used to coach at Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. He came my freshman year, but I was recruited by Hank Smith, the guy before. So when you got there, it was all positions were wide open. Yeah. You know, free for all. He didn't scout any of us, right. didn't recruit any of us, come in play. I didn't. Yeah. Sat on the bench first. Couple How did of years, you make but, the weight limit? I mean, you looked. You, you really yeah, looked, no, I, I was. Mean, I was about a buck thirty. I was about a, there's no. Did you have to have a little I, muscle on your body? I was here. a buck thirty. He's a basketball player. You got. You, you get pushed around. That's Look it. at him. Listen, I didn't play my freshman year for a reason. Mm. Tavis found <laughs> for more than one. Tavis found out this weekend that basketball players. Can't hit baseball. Can't hit baseball. Man, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Right now we got it. Well, we're going to bring it up again. But right now we got to get to what the internet is saying. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.